what's up everybody? It's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack. And today we are doing our first ever. This is the first time for us on this podcast. It's absolutely awesome. We have got our very first person we're going to interview today. These unsuspecting person is just uh, a glutton for punishment coming to spend some time with me. But anyways, uh, just a little bit about him. We're going to be talking a little bit about leadership and then uh, we'll introduce him right after the intro. So cue up the theme song. We'll be right back. The big question is this. How are leaders, like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Awesome. Glad you guys are still here. So today, the person we get to talk to is the general manager for an awesome lumber company in Durango, Colorado. Um, I'd tell you what company it is, but it'd give away who it is. So we're going to get a little bit further and see if you can figure this out. He, uh, he doesn't have any kind of fancy college degree. He comes straight from high school. Great guy. Ton of education, though. Uh, the hard way of education, right? Not the college education. He was a ski bum in Breckenridge for 10 years and he was flipping houses until he figured out how to get down to Durango, Colorado, where he became the general manager eventually of Studs Lumber Company. That's right, we're talking to Adam Hirschberg and he is here today and we're going to get into some deep leadership con- concepts. How's it going today, Adam? Awesome, man. Thanks for having me, Dan. No, oh, so glad you're here, bud. Um, well, let's just kind of break into this a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, Tell me a little bit about kind of where you came from and how you got into some leadership roles. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, you know, grew up in New Hampshire, uh, high school education, got uh, fortunate enough to have some CTE classes through high school that really kept me there. Uh, barely graduated by the skin of my chin there. And um, yeah, then found my way out to Colorado, become a ski bum. Lived in Breckenridge for about 10 years, loved it. Uh, learned a lot about sales up there. Worked for some really awesome uh, awesome companies up that way. Uh, had some awesome opportunities to see some really great leaders. Found my way down here to Durango. Um, met my boss through, my, my boss Russ, through uh, friends of a friends. And uh, kind of the rest was history. Needed someone that could show up to work on time and I said I could do it and that was basically where it all started so you proved you could get there on time and here you are being the general manager of a amazingly successful company that's been growing year after year and taking more market share which is pretty awesome um, how many guys are on your team now Adam you guys are getting pretty big yeah so um, currently uh, we just hit uh, 12 guys here so uh, we're over that dozen mark of full-time employees super exciting and uh, we got an army of sales guys that are covering the area, so uh, we're definitely set up for success now. And uh, we we're fortunate enough to be able to build through these last few years and create a team that's uh, pretty freaking solid. Which that's awesome. That says a lot for leadership and what you're doing and where you're coming from, and and to be able to do that. And the fact that you know Russ, the owner, doesn't have to be on site every single day is pretty crazy as well. It shows shows how much respect that he has for you, and also how much you know the team has for what you're doing as a leader. So that's. That's a really good compliment in itself. Uh, don't don't want to lose track of that. So, why don't you uh, break into a couple of your industry secrets for being a good leader for us, and then we'll kind of dive deeper into some of that stuff as we go. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, 
I wouldn't say there's really too many secrets out there. It's all pretty much, uh, you know, common sense when you look at the, when you dive down below it. Um, personally, you know, I think it's all that information is out there. And it's just really acting upon it uh, is the biggest thing I found. You know, most most beneficial thing that I've noticed for myself is um, being a leader and and showing how to lead uh, and being willing to reach out to the folks behind you and give them that help up to become a leader as well. Uh, that's really the biggest thing I found is it's as you climb the ladder, you got to make sure someone's on it right behind you. Well, you said a couple of things there that I really just want to point out because I think that they're big. So the, the first one is, is like, and you said this before, it was setting yourself up for success. That's one of the things that I've always preached forever is that you have to set yourself up for success. If you don't, look for success, then you're going to find failure in everything that you do. And I think that that's huge. And then a couple other things that you mentioned there that I just really want to point out that, that, you know, are big that I think a lot of people forget when it comes to leadership and, and how to lead is that you not only have to set yourself up for success, you got to set your whole team up for success. And I think a lot of people, they want to be a leader. They want to be a boss. Well, I shouldn't say they want to be a leader. They want to be a boss, yeah. right? There's a huge difference between a boss and a leader, but the, they want to be a boss because they want to climb the ladder. They don't want to help other people get up. So they're not willing to give somebody a hand up. Matter of fact, they're usually too busy stepping on everybody else's hands on around them trying to climb the ladder as well. And so the fact that you can see that and you can do that and you can help your team move forward, that's that says a lot for your character and what you're doing and, and kind of the team you're leading as well. The last thing that you brought up that I think is huge and I talk about a lot is leading by example. And... Um, I, you know, we were, I was always taught this as a kid. You got you to lead by example. You got to get out there and show people how to do it. And, and I think that there's a lot of truth to that statement and a lot of truth that goes into that. Uh, what are some ways that you lead by example, you know, within, within studs here and within your life in general? Um, yeah, well, you know, I mean, and don't get me wrong. You know, I think leading by example is extremely important. But remember, you got you to gotta look to the people behind you. And you also have to kind of let them go and let them fly at some point, too. So, um, you know, one of the biggest things I've noticed, you know, ex you know, personally is just making sure that I personally lead a life that I believe in and I'm happy in. Um, it's super important that on a, on a daily level that I come to work with, with a clear head and a positive attitude for the rest of my team because the second I walk through the door uh, and my, my eyebrows are crinkled, that ain't any good for the, the attitude of the, the people in there. And, you know, as a leader, I think sometimes we're unaware of the aura that we carry around us, which, and how it affects the, the people that work with us on a daily basis. And for me, that's been the biggest, um, is focusing on, on that positive attitude. I personally, uh, personally, I've, I've found this, uh, I guess the best way to call it is, Personally, I found a, uh, a, a group of folks that practice this thing called PMA. We call um, that a mastermind, a group of people. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's this, uh, it's a, it all kind of uh, was born from the old uh, punk rock scene in New York City and the straight edge scene there. A bunch of people who wanted to focus on finding a higher consciousness and stuff like that. And so they cre created this whole attitude called PMA. Uh, it's Today, it's, it's kind of sweeping the country by storm, uh, the world, I should say. Uh, PMA all day is kind of the hashtag that, that hangs out there. And it's all about a positive mental attitude, 
Uh, it's I was just going to ask what PMA stood for, but it's positive mental attitude. Super important, super basic, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. uh, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, not everything is unicorns and rainbows, but... Wait, what? <laughs> right? I mean, running a business isn't all unicorns and rainbows? <laughs> There's Come a on. ditch you're going to have to cross every <laughs> once in a while. And, and don't get me wrong, you can't go around the ditch. Um, you can't, you know... You've got to address it when it's there. I just try not to stay in those in those moments. I try to learn from them and move on. And I think that's that's been super key for me. Like I said, all of this stuff really, to me, roots back to your personal life. And, and that's super important that on a personal level, you're leading a life that you're extremely happy of. And that allows you to be a leader and not a manager. Uh, I, I think I... I mentioned that to you before. I don't talk about uh, managers here. I, I have leaders with a capital L, and that's that's how I see it. Uh, we're here to create leaders, and leaders are here to create more leaders. Well, if everybody in your company is empowered to be a leader, it helps, right? And, and I think a lot of times what happens with entry-level leaders, people who are new to it, is they almost um, become bottlenecks. They like to have every decision funneled through them so that nobody else screws it up. I did. I, I used to do that. Of that. I did that. Yeah, yeah. Been there, man. I think. I think we all know that feeling. We, we become the bottleneck, and we can't figure out why we can't grow or why we can't excel. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, if we would just do this, if we would, you know, empower people to do this, it'd be huge. I want to touch a little bit more on that positive mentality. Um, PMA. I'm lucky you didn't call it like PMS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, positive yeah. mental system. <laughs> that might have some repercussions there, but. Uh, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, and um, I'm a huge advocate of like Tony Robbins and what Tony Robbins teaches and how, how he works, and the guy's just a giant. I actually have this motto that I just, I'm getting ready to put up on my wall in vinyl. It says, I obey all giants who fly helicopters and have stage presence, which is <laughs> exactly what Tony Robbins is, right? But um, he talks a lot about about how your mentality is everything and what you think about where, where he says where focus goes, energy flows. So if you focus on the negative, your energy is going to be negative. And, and you brought up the fact of aura and I agree with that. And I think that it's not just leaders. I think as leaders, we've got to talk about aura that we carry around us with people. And, and um, we can't be afraid to call somebody out when they have a, a bad attitude. And I think that that's hard and, and it's learning how to call people out as well. Uh, it takes me to another phrase that I heard a lot growing up, and it was, um, uh, I'm going to screw this up so bad so don't get upset with me, but it was uh, the uh, the ability to tell somebody to go to hell and they look forward to the trip is what it takes to be a true salesman and leader in life is you have to be able to sell somebody on any idea and make it sold so well that they actually look forward to doing something that's a crap Roll, yeah, right? yeah, and, for and sure. I have to do that every morning when I get up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning every day. And you know, you get two options with that positive mentality. You roll out of bed and you go, "Oh my god, I have to get up." Oh, it's four o'clock. I can still be sleeping. Or you can get up at four o'clock and you go, "Woohoo, I'm ready to go!" And then you start rolling out the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I no, I, I deal with that every morning too. I've got two kids <laughs> and a wife, so that and makes it. She gets that. She's happy to get out of bed at least. <laughs> Well, we're not going to go there. That's a little too Yeah, private, but touching back on, you know, that, that aura and that attitude, um, you know, something I think that's so silly is like, you know, we've all been taught at such a young age that mantras are super important. 
everybody knows the little engine that could. And like, <laughs> I can, I can tell you, I have these very fond memories of myself riding to school on my bike as a kid. And there's this one hill I could never get up. And I, I'm like 12 years old. Like, and I remember the day that I climbed that hill and I was like, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. <laughs> and I felt like the biggest dork and I made it to the top. And like I blew my mind and then, you know, like I, I tried to do it again and I, I didn't, I didn't chant to myself. I didn't do it. And like it blew my mind. And from then on out, I love that I had that moment because I was super fortunate enough to understand the value of a mantra from that point forward. I mean, you, you learn the story as a kid and you're just going to forget about it at age 16 and like struggle through life you know I mean it's it's super important to uh, focus on what you want if you want to achieve something you got to believe in it on the flip side too gratitude is just as important as mantras um, in my opinion you've got to focus on what you have before you're going to do better so you know I just I, just, I think about those on on two different levels you know um, gratitude and mantra are both kind of the opposite end of the spectrum but it's equally important to be conscious of what you have and what you want. Well, one of the one of the things I, I agree with that attitude of gratitude is is what I call that a lot of times. And and I don't know if you've ever seen anybody who follows me on social media knows this, but I, every time that I post something, a lot of times at the end of that post, it'll be you know build the life you love and love the life you build because we all get the option every single day as to what we're going to do. What you know, are you going to create that mantra? Are you going to live by that? Are you going to be a leader? Are you going to be a follower? You get to build the life that you want. I mean, we're not, we're blessed enough to live in an area that we get the ability to do what we want. If we don't like what we're doing, we can change. We can change who we are. We can change everything about it. If we don't like where we live, we can change houses. We're not stuck living in the same town our whole life or, or anything like that. You know, we don't have to work for the same place forever. If we don't like it, we don't like the way something's going, we can build our own company. You can be as dumb as me and start a podcast. I mean, right. there's a lot of stuff you can do Sorry. if you don't like it. <laughs> but, um, that, that kind of leads me into the next one. Um, we were chatting a little bit about this off camera and off mic a little bit. And uh, just wanted to touch a little bit on your thoughts on fake it till you make it. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily love the term fake it till you make it. I'm more of a faith it till you make it type of guy. You know, you got to have faith that you're going to get there and bust your butt. What What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I'm, I uh, dislike the fake it till you make it thing. It's like, really? Like, you're going to fake it till you make it? And then once you get there, you're, what, are you, what are you just going to give up at that point or like leave all unicorns and rainbows <laughs> that's where you find the unicorns and rainbows i guess no man i i'm i'm on a, a learn it until you've earned it page that's that's what i say um you know you've got to you've got to learn what you need to do to be the best if you want to be the best if you don't want to be the best that's fine you can fake it all you want but if you want to be the best you've got to learn it and when you think you've earned it <laughs> Keep learning, my friend, because it does not stop there. Uh, I think, you know, we're all, we all know uh, what it's like to create a monster. And uh, we've all done that before. It's like, oh, man, I got this great idea. And then six months down the road, you're like, oh, this idea is really big. And, you know, that's, that's not, uh, that shouldn't be a negative thing. It shouldn't be a detractor. That should be motivation to dig deep, continue to learn, and, and uh, always grow. 
be positive. I was actually, um, I, I have what I like to call shiny object syndrome, which gets me in trouble more than it helps me. But I'm like, ooh, shiny object. Let's go over here and check this out for a while. I've had to learn to control that a lot. But uh, as a leader, when you get into that shiny object syndrome, sometimes it can get you in trouble because you stop focusing on, on the true path that you're supposed to be going down. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about like goal setting and stuff like that as well. And I think that, you know, um, learn it till you earn it is a huge huge way to think about it and and I think that if you're always learning you're there um, one of the things that I've really noticed lately is that I love learning but I love more than learning is contributing so like I think when you contribute to others which goes back to initially what we talked about was that you know contributing to others and helping them grow helping them get to that next level helping to raise them up helping helping them to get to where they can move forward and and that's the contribution right and there's a million ways to con con contribute to others in different ways and um what are some of the ways that maybe you contribute as a leader other than you know helping other people gain leadership skills well yeah i mean i think you know just touch back on what you're saying of, of having that humility to to be able to turn around and, and teach the people behind you what you learned you know also i think it's important to admit when you just learned it you know, and, and that's, that's important to, to tell people, um, you know, it's like, Hey, this is something that was not in my knowledge until some point, And I, I've gained it recently. And I've also realized the benefit of it recently. So, you know, I think those are, those are super important to just, you know, it's, it's kind of comes down to just being honest about, um, you know, about stuff and w where your knowledge came from. And I, I don't have a problem telling my team like, Hey, I just listened to Dan's podcast and I heard this and blah, blah, blah. It's a great idea. And, you know, we should do it. Um, it's, you know, being vulnerable is, is super important. Um, and so I, I just think that sometimes uh, being able to express your wants and interests in something um, and maybe bringing up the fact that you have a lot of the key points to achieve it, but you might need a little bit of help to truly achieve what you're what you're after. And uh, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe we, I got off subject there with that one, but <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> oh, squirrel, have you heard some of my podcasts? <laughs> That's yeah. my conversations are. But anyways, well, I, I guess here, real quick, I just want to touch on something. Yeah. Not to interrupt, but. Um, you know, I, I think I've maybe mentioned to you that, you know, I, I suffer from ADHD. What what leader generally doesn't, I think that's a strong um, uh, quality of a leader. Uh, don't know if you know, you know, ADD, ADHD, those, uh, ADD has two words in it, deficit and disorder, and they're horribly negative words. I honestly, I look at me as a leader, one of my greatest qualities I have as a leader is my shiny object distraction ability. Oh, yeah. uh, don't get me wrong, I'm aware of everything around me and sometimes I'm not paying attention to everything, but I know it's there. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm one of these people who, <laughs> I, got a, I got a high school diploma and here I am, you know, sitting in a position that most people like myself don't end up in. Um, and I suffer from ADHD. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. It's not a deficit, and it is not a disorder. So, 
uh, in my mind, I don't know, that's just one of those things. That looking at society as a whole, I, I wish we would th think around some of the problems sometimes. A problem actually can be a, it, it, I always say this, and everyone does. Every, within every problem, there's opportunity. Well, they're not really problems unless you make them a problem. That's the big Agreed. thing I've looked at with everything is that it's their problem is only a problem when you want it to be a problem. Otherwise, it's just a potential solution. And I can't, I, I even just had a quote on that the other day from somebody that might have been Einstein, might have been, I can't remember Edison, but it was something the fact of a problem isn't a problem, it's just a new way for a solution, right? And, and it's not problems are, when we look at something as a leader, you're never looking for the problem. And that's, you know, I've been really preaching that really hard to my team lately. It's like, don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions. For sure. And, and I get that there's problems, I get that there's issues, I get that things come up, but if you're sick, Right, your solution isn't. Hey, Dan, I'm sick. What do I do? It should be like, Hey, Dan, I'm going to go to urgent care to see if they got some medicine for me. I'm going to go to the doctor, or I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go do that, or I'm going to take a day off, or blah blah blah. Right. So, I think that's one of the biggest things that comes with that is is don't look at problems, look at solutions. Whenever we get into that and kind of break into it, so uh, I don't know. Let's uh, what's what's the next thing we can talk a little bit about, Adam, when it comes to leadership. Um, you know, I mean, I think just kind of touch it back on, you know, the, the supporting your team behind you. Um, you know, that's super important. Um, you know, I look at the formal education system that we have and we, again, we've got this like saying that everyone says, oh, it takes a village to raise a child. And then, so what, at 18, we just send them out on their own and like, I don't know. I, I think sometimes you, you, you got to be willing to ask for help is, is super important. Um, and as well, you got to realize that sometimes it's very hard to ask for help. So the people behind you might need a little help. And it's, it's always good to turn around and make sure they're still keeping up and, uh, and not be scared to give them a little bit of help, uh, even though they might not be asking for it. Well, I think that ties together with your humility, right? I, I worked for a company one time and I, some of the best advice that I got was from the president of the company and he came to me and he goes, Dan, no matter what you're doing, stay humble. Humble and hungry was what he told me to say. He's like, if you stay hungry, you're going to always be ahead of the game. And if you stay humble, everybody's going to want to work with you and be around you. But if you get cocky, you're going to be gone. Mm. People don't want to be around somebody who's cocky. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that they keep in mind as a leader. And I don't even know if I've done anything on this yet, but I sure should. Is just, you know, how, how big and how important humility is as your role in a leader within a company, within an organization, within a business, within a community, is that, you know, humility is probably one of the biggest things that we, uh, a lot of people lose track of. And, you know, and I worked in the oil field forever. Um, I always call it belt buckle syndrome. They got a great big belt buckle, but nothing behind it. Yeah. <laughs> My, my kids, we call it something else, and we're not going to get into that acronym right now, but when we see somebody driving around in a big old lifted truck with big old tires on it, they go, oh, yeah, they have yep. blank. And they, I'm not going to get into the acronym. means we call it LDS. Uh, you can do some figuring out what it is, but uh, it's not a church organization either, just, just so we're not getting there. But uh, it's, it's funny how you can... Some, some people, they don't have that humility, right? They've, they've got belt buckle syndrome and they forgot what it's like to be, to be wanting to grow, to have those aspirations. And they, and they don't encourage them because they're already there, so they don't encourage other people to grow. But what happens when they leave? What happens when they go on vacation? They haven't set anybody else up for success to help take over what they're doing. Um, and I think that's probably one of the big things that 
that as leaders we kind of lose track of sometimes is that humility. Totally. Right? Big time. And I think it's really easy to let go of it. And we start thinking, look what I accomplished. Look what I did instead of look at what my team helped us do or look at what our team did or, you know, look at what I we were able to accomplish because of our team. And instead of saying I, we need to use more we's. For sure. I, uh, I find myself on a daily basis having to tell myself, say we, not I. Say we, not I. My, um, mine was hard. the opposite. Whenever I first started selling Eclipse DOT, I'd go in and I'd say, yeah, we are going to do this. And they're like, we, what, you got a freaking mouse in your pocket? What the heck, man? It's like, no, me. Me, me and who? We. I don't know. Whoever else is on my team. Just I'm me. epic. <laughs> I'm, I'm more, I'm plural. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that, like, 100%, man. So, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about, like, controlling your space around you. What, how are some of the ways that you can control your space? And, and as, as a leader, like, what do you kind of look for personally in ways that, like, help you control what's going on around you? And do you feel like you have to be in control, or do you think it's okay to lose control once in a while? Control is relative, I would say. Um, I think I tie this one back to kind of uh, to the aura sort of thing. Um, I always sort of vision my world into three different uh, buckets, I guess we could call them. Um, you know, I kind of I would say they're more like clouds. One of them's a box, and let me let me uh, elaborate on that. Basically, I've, I've got life, my personal life, and my attitude all in one cloud. And I envision this in, in this space in my head. I have also my work life in this other cloud. And then I have all the negative energy in my life, and I try to keep it in a box. And I keep it in a box over to the side. I don't want to put it away. I want to be able to refer to it. I want to be able to sit in it if I need to. I want to light that box on fire. I don't want to see it. You know, I'm with you. Sometimes things have to stay in those boxes, though, for some period of time. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've noticed is, like, sometimes you get frustrated and you just need to get that negative energy out. And it's okay to pull that box over and jump into that box for a minute. Um, for me, one of the, one of the things that... Uh, somebody suggested to me years ago, and I didn't actually act on it until about a year ago, was uh, we all have done this, sent an angry email that we probably shouldn't have. Not me, so, I'm perfect. Right, right. <laughs> this person told me, they said, hey, before you send out that email, send it to yourself first. And by doing that, it actually adds more uh, more crap into that negative box, but I get to experience that negative energy first before I pass that on to somebody who maybe didn't deserve it too. It is, is you know, it's a big thing to be aware of. But uh, you know, I like to live in the clouds. I live in those clouds of my my PMA. I live in those clouds of my personal and work life, and I keep the box over to the side. And uh, like I said, if I really am struggling and I need to get some negative energy out, I'll jump in the box and I'll live in the box for a minute and uh, let myself absorb some of my own negative energy. And I can tell you, it doesn't do me very good. The first thing I want to do is find my way out of the box. So um, I think, you know, putting myself into the negative box at times 
is is super important and you know i mean like i said before is sometimes we do have to um sit in those negative spaces for some period of time to to become aware of what created it or or how to get out of it and those times are not fun they don't that's not the those are definitely not the unicorns and rainbows but those are the times that are going to bring about clarity and uh you know, as like I said, PMA is super important, but I will also spend some time with my negative feelings if, and, and events if I need to. Well, if you want green grass and flowers, you got to have a little rain, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what a lot of people forget is that it's not always sunshines and rainbows. It's, it's you know, if you want to see that beautiful rainbow, you got to have some rain to begin with, and it's when the sun peeks out from behind it. So I think learning how to control that negative space is big as well, and learning how to kind of deal with it and move forward in that so you're not always on the, uh, like... Being aware of it, noticing, hey, I'm negative, hey, I'm doing this, and then and then noticing when somebody else is negative as well, and then helping them to kind of work out of that too, because I think that that's another big deal is being able to help your team um, work out of the negativeness, right? Yeah. So what, let's, let's kind of switch gears a little bit and dive a little bit deeper into the leadership role that we're that, that we're in right now. There's what are some major things to you? That um, that you use or like some things that you think are cliche now in leadership or or phrases that you just love or or, or uh, what do you live by when it comes to leadership? Well, um, you know, I mean, again, it's got it's got to start with being personal. Um, like, I mean, your person, it's got to start in your personal life. I mean, it's a personal thing. If you're gonna lead, you gotta be happy with your own life. You I agree also, I agree with that. If you're not happy at home, you won't be happy at work, you won't be a good leader no matter where you're at. If you're not happy at work, you won't be a good leader at the house. It's good. And, and why why do we work? Uh, if if you're working to work more, I hate to break it to you, you're probably going down the wrong path. I mean, at the end of the day, we all work to build a life that we we enjoy and uh huh. It's nutty to me how many people are unhappy in their day-to-day life. And it's, you got to start there. Um, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to stress and managing stress. Um, that's one thing I've really put on my team uh, to, to speak up about. When, when they get too overloaded, they yeah. let you know so you can kind of help them out. I think that's big as well, giving them that opening. Giving that out, I think being there for your team, helping your team to kind of move forward with some of that stuff, um, and knowing that they have an out and somebody to talk to a little bit. What? Let's talk a little bit about like some of the things that are are really important to you as a leader. Like, what are some of your what are some of your key concepts as a leader that that you would give advice on to somebody else who's who's getting ready to move into a leadership role or to leaders around? The globe, man. I just checked our stats the other day, and I can't believe how many countries we have had downloads in for the podcast. It's super cool. But, anyways, tell us a little bit about uh, some of like some advice. What are some key advice that you would give to new leaders coming into the world or existing leaders from Adam Hirschberg? Yeah. Well, one um, one other thing that you know I've I've heard a lot about lately uh, is <laughs> under promise and over deliver is such a horrible spot to start from it's uh, god it's so 2020 man like we went through this whole covid 
phase where nobody knew what they could expect out of any business. So it was super important to, you know, be able to say, hey, we're still in business. We're still here to support you. And then when they showed up to, to be able to give them something, uh, I mean, the, the, you know, I'm thinking naturally like the, the food service and service based industry, like those people had to step it up and find another way to, to add value. Had to pivot and add value in different ways, yeah. For sure. So, you know, um, they they underpromised and overdelivered, and that was huge. Um, but I think we're moving into a, a newer time here where, uh, eh, let's admit it, COVID's over. This is this is this is twenty twenty three here, and you got to be impeccable with your word. People want to know that you're confident in what you can provide, and that's. That's where it starts. Promise exactly what you know you're capable of and follow through on it. That's it. So so in other words, just like I, I love simplifying stuff. So do what you say and say what you do. Absolutely. I mean, don't don't make a promise you can't keep. Don't write checks you can't cash. Be somebody that's got integrity and trustworthiness and, and be the person that you truly want to deal with. Would you want to deal with a liar or somebody who can't tell the truth or somebody who can't pay their bills or do you want to deal with somebody who's always going to be there and be able to help you and to be that type of a leader, right? And be that type of person. And it goes back to leading by example and all that honesty, because how many times have we, have you worked with somebody who said, yeah, I'll be there. And then you drive 30 minutes to town to meet them for coffee and they don't show up. <laughs> right. I, I, when dude, I used to be late for everything. Um, that's something I, I'll admit I haven't gotten much better at it, but I'm working towards it. I certainly have realized the impact, though. Yeah. Um, that that was super important to me. It was just about a year ago. I remember I remember the whole situation. Um, not going to name any names, but it happened to me where someone was extremely late to meet me, and I got frustrated. You're talking about today? No, Sorry, no it wasn't you, Dan. But, yeah, you know, so, like, you know, that opened my eyes to just, you know, um, respecting other people's time is super important. Um, touching back to though, like the under promise over deliver at the end of the day, in order to be successful with that situation, you have got to communicate. And, and that's what people want nowadays. Communication has sped up so much over the last five to 10 years that we, we now expect it. So when there's a problem, your customer wants to hear about it. They don't want to hear about it a day later. They want to know it's a problem and you're working on it. I think a lot of times in the past, communication was a little slower and you could contact your customer and say, hey, we had an issue and I created a solution. And that's that was just fine. Nowadays, people want to know the the progress. I mean, you know, we, we have tracking numbers that go on every one of our Amazon packages and you can see it when it leaves the facility, when it gets loaded onto another truck. And so, that's the world we live in where everybody wants to be uh, apprised of, of the status of their, their product or their purchase. And, you know, I think that's important that if you, if you do promise exactly what you know you're capable of and something goes wrong, you absolutely, when's the time, now's the time. You've got to address that right now. I, I think I agree with that. I think being up front with your communication is huge and, and being able to tell people and being in front of it and, and the open, honest personality, personal stuff that you talked about, I think is big as well. Um, you know, Adam, we're, we're going to wrap up here real quick. But before we wrap up, just a few things. 
If people want to find you on social media, where can they find you at? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty active on social media. Um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, whole nine yards. Uh, yeah, find me on Instagram at Shradam, S H uh, R A D A M. And uh, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn there too. Definitely uh, dig me up there. I really try to um, put a lot of positivity out there on LinkedIn. I love that. I love that platform. It's it's definitely breeds a lot of uh, productive people and productive attitudes and, and working towards the future. So yeah, look me up. Uh, Studs Lumber, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, whole nine yards. We are freaking having a blast here doing what we do. And uh, yeah, dude, I get to freaking wake up every morning and come to this place and it's awesome. I cannot, I cannot complain about it one bit. Um, it's, it's a monster. And I got to babysit the monster, but uh, I love my monster, man. Long, long as it's fun, that's all that matters, right? For as long sure. as you're enjoying it every single day. So, well, but I appreciate your time. Make sure you look up Adam, check him out, follow Studs Lumber. If you guys have any kind of packages for lumber or anything like that, you're getting ready to build something. Studs is a place to call. Everything's you do their best to stay as local as possible, and they're they're one of my favorite companies to work with in the area. Um, that's it, guys. We're going to head out. If you enjoyed this podcast, why don't you give us a big old like and five stars. Give us a review. If you didn't like it, what the heck are you doing listening to this thing? Don't waste your time. Uh, anyways, also check me out as well on Instagram, Facebook, social media, all that good stuff. We've got LinkedIn as well. So you know what? We're going to do some more of these. If you guys are interested in being interviewed, hit us up. We'd love to have you on here. Um, and we'll kind of go from there. We appreciate your time, Adam. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll catch you later. Bye.